Welcome to the Pipeline, all things CD and DevOps podcast by the CD Foundation. I'm your host, Jacqueline Salinas, Director of Ecosystem and Community Development. Thank you so much for joining us for episode 25. Now, today I thought we would do things a bit differently. I did not prepare a guest speaker for episode 25. Instead, I thought we could take a walk down memory lane. Uh, I know 2020 is not really the memory lane we really want to be walking down, but I will say that the pipeline has been a really fun project for me to work on during the pandemic, and it's been able to help us at the CD Foundation reach um, our audiences and also provide educational, fun easily digestible content for folks to to enjoy. I thought I would recap the top five episodes of the season. Um, so I'm going to kick it off with number five, a day in the life of a Jenkins plugin maintainer. And in case you miss this, this is episode 12 of season one with our guest speaker, Marky Jackson. If you are not familiar with who Marky Jackson is, he is a great community member. He's been contributing to the Jenkins project for a while, also one of the CDF ambassadors, and he's just a a great person. Here are some of my favorite parts of that episode. So yeah, I hope you enjoy. I think my first question for you, Marky, would actually be, how did you find out about Jenkins? So I, back in the, back in the days, CI was a very new thing uh, and tools were new. When we really started trying to understand how we could automate things, Jenkins came onto the scene and that was a real big thing for me, right? Well, so I found out about this, this new tool that this guy had created this project and there was a lot of history behind how the project got created. And I just sort of dived in at the, that point, but I didn't really start contributing to it. I just was a user of it for uh, many years. Uh, and then you start to see when you, you need, you, you want to figure something out, then you start to realize there's a community and you go to this community and you start asking questions. Yeah. Uh, but I started probably, I'm going to say around 2012, 2000. Yeah. Right around 2012 was when I started really becoming heavily involved with Jenkins. Mm-hmm. Well, there you have it coming in. Uh, and number four is episode nine, event driven DevOps with Captain the end of the monolithic delivery pipeline with guest speaker Andreas Grabner from Dynatrace. And here is our favorite moment of that episode. Uh, Today, we're going to be talking about the end of the monolithic delivery pipeline. But before we dive into that, let's talk about your DevOps journey. Um, It's it's how we kick off the pipeline uh, each episode, and we talk about your journey into the DevOps world. Well, first of all, thanks for having me. My, My journey started, I think, a little unusual. I mean, my background is a software engineering background, but uh, DevOps, I, I was really pushed into DevOops by our marketing team because I always had a DevRel role for performance engineering. So I developed a relationships role with my employer. And uh, years ago, I think it was back in 2012 or 13, I don't remember exactly the time, but um, they said, hey, there's a meetup and we want you to present. It's a DevOps meetup. And I said, what is DevOps? And then they said, well, you go figure it out and tell them something. This was kind of my my being thrown into the cold water, uh, speaking in front of a DevOps meetup group um, and having no clue about DevOps. And the best thing about this, I think it taught me a big lesson because I was called out on it about after two minutes of opening up my mouth on stage. And I, I always 
tell these people because it's a life lesson for me. Guy sitting in the first row and he basically said, hey, you have actually no clue what you're talking about and why are you presenting and wasting my time? And uh, this was a wake up call for me to take this more serious and not just, um, you know, just do something and pretend that you know something about the topic. Um, and that's also what I, the advice that I give to people, right? If you are standing in front of people and if you want to talk about a topic, then make sure that you really know something about the topic and don't waste other people's time. So that's why after that, I was fortunate enough with my job to travel. I met um, Goranka Biedov. She was very inspiring to me. She used to be a performance engineer at Facebook. She told me a lot about what they are doing in terms of automation. Then we at Dynatrace, where I work, we had um, a lot of uh, automation aspects in our company and organization as we changed and I picked a lot of things up what we uh, did there and then kind of took all these lessons learned and um, kind of added to my portfolio of when I'm showing, you know, people on how to better automate delivery, how to make monitoring and testing uh, into the mix. Well, there you have it, folks. A very important life lesson from our friend Andy from Dynatrace. Okay, so now moving on to episode six, this came in as the third most popular episode based on downloads. And episode six is What is GitOps with Victor Farsik from Codefresh. Now let's tune in to listen some of our favorite moments from that episode. Um, so what is GitOps for those of us that don't know, including myself? I am still learning so much about this industry. So let's start with what I believe it's obvious and probably to other people is not is that Get, GitOps is not really anything new. Uh, rather, I would say that the word GitOps is clarification of the things and practices that we were supposed to be doing for a long time now. Like, to be more precise, uh, let's say that not let's say we all assume for a very long time that everything is defined as code and that code is always stored in version control. And that means that version control is the only source of truth. That further on means that uh, Git, and when I say Git, I mean the only surviving uh, version control system, right? We're not going to talk about SVN and CVS and what's not. So if Git is the only source of truth and everything is defined as code and stored in Git, then it's a logical conclusion that Git is the only actor that is allowed to change the actual state of your system to something else. And that's something else being a definition or a set of definitions stored in Git repositories. Thank you, Victor, so much for being a guest again on our podcast. And our next episode coming in at number two was episode four, Continuous Delivery Defined. And this was with our friends from Google, Dan Lawrence, Christy Wilson, and Jason Hall. And they came on to the podcast to talk through and define the different terms in software delivery, including continuous integration, deployment, and delivery. Now check out our favorite moment here. So can you guys tell me the difference between CI/CD and DevOps? Um, yeah, so I, I thought this was a pretty interesting question because I read the first chapter of Christie's book um, where she tries <laughs> to start out by defining um, what CI and CD and what continuous delivery actually mean. And, and what um, are basic definitions like, that Christie is using? Or, <laughs> and how have yeah. they evolved? <laughs> 
Yeah. So it seems like Christie's definition of continuous delivery, um, at least in my head, is kind of what what I how I pictured DevOps. Um, do you remember exactly how you define it, Christy? Oh man, I now got to open it and like find it. I I spent hours <laughs> wordsmithing that <Yeah>. sentence. <laughs> it was kind of this all encompassing definition of like modern. I think you said CI/CD is modern software engineering or something like yes, that. Yes, I definitely <laughs> said. I said part. That was part of it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, CI/CD is the process of modern professional software engineering. That's your definition, right? Um, yeah. So I think in my head, that's kind of what I thought DevOps was. DevOps is modern professional software engineering. Do you see CI/CD is different than DevOps, or is the same thing, or is DevOps kind of overlapping but not really? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump ahead to after I spent several pages <laughs> defining C and the C and the I and the D. I, went, I revisited that and added a whole bunch more words. Um, what I've got right now is CICD ensures that multiple software engineers writing professional quality software can create software that does what they want by, and I think this is the part that distinguishes it from, the, from DevOps, by combining and verifying every code change and building, releasing, and deploying as frequently as our automation will let us. So I feel like it's, I guess, it's, it's just, it really just is a piece of modern software engineering. It's the part that lets us combine and verify and then release and do the releasing and deploying. Okay. So it's really just about kind of branching strategies and how a team works by combining their code and testing and deploying. Yeah. I think, uh, I think the way the first time I ever heard the term DevOps, uh, was, uh, sort of, uh, having the same group of people care about developing the software and operating it. Uh, regardless of how it's released or anything, I, uh, a very long time ago, before DevOps came into my life, uh, I worked on a team where we were developers and we would write features. And at some point, someone would take a version of it and deploy it. So I was only a developer and never an operator. And I didn't carry a pager for it. And I had no idea if things went wrong, we would get a bug about it. But like otherwise, we wouldn't know sometimes we wouldn't know what version was operating right now in production at all. Uh, and that certainly had some upsides as a narrow-minded developer who only had to care about writing code and delivering features uh, to throw over the wall to the ops team. Um, but I'm sure it was a lot more stressful for the ops team uh, to not know what was coming their way and to uh, sort of only have a wall to throw bugs back over uh, when things broke. Um, and so I think, I think to, uh, the first time I ever heard it, it was like, oh, what if I actually, as a developer, cared about what was operating and how to operate it and to, you know, see how my code was actually working. And now it seems insane to just, like, have a group of people furiously typing away what is probably garbage because they have no idea what's, you know, they have no idea what they're creating because it's just being thrown over a wall. Um, so... Separately from how you throw things into production, uh, to me, DevOps is having, sometimes it's literally the same humans, sometimes having a dev hat on and sometimes having an ops hat on. Uh, and sometimes it's, it's like separate teams that just talk more uh, or developers are at least aware of how to operate the, the software. Well, there you have it, folks. We have made it down the countdown to our number one most downloaded episode, which happens to be 
episode one, configuration management needed now more than ever with our guest, Tracy Reagan. She is CDF board member representative and CEO of Deploy Hub. In this episode, we explore the new world of microservice development and discuss why configuration management is more critical today than it has ever been. Check out this clip about her favorite moment in episode one. Sorry, my internet connection is unstable and I've also got a snoring dog in the background. So. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I guess, you know, in, in traditional, in the traditional development process, what did configuration management look like and how has that changed? Yeah. So um, configuration management is in, in a traditional model is what CI is. So when we think about CI CD, we, we keep adding the CI in there um, because it started us. And what you would do is you would Is it say, relevant though? Is it relevant to continue to keep the CI? Well, I think that it is today, but I don't think it will be in the future. Um, because in traditional models, you're building a monolithic. You, you check all your code into a, uh, like GitHub. Um, you might label it. Uh, you pull it out and you compile it. And you have somebody really smart who really understands the um, how the application should be built. And they put it together in a package. And it used to be in the old days, I'm not kidding you, we would do this once a month. And I actually played the role of a buildmeister and I hated the job, but it was a critical part. And I was always, I'm a foot soldier. I'm always willing to step up. It was, and I learned more about configuration management as a build person than I did it with, than I ever did as a developer, because you begin understanding, was, um, this takes too long. If you're going to do it once a month, it would take me three or four days to figure out all of the branching and what we needed to merge back in and what I actually needed to, to put in the build. So what CI did said, don't wait so long. Let's do that automatically. Let's check in the code and have a trigger say, wait 10 minutes. And after 10 minutes, pull all the code out and recompile it. So it was being compiled on a, on a high frequency basis so that you would see if two developers branch their uh, same piece of code and you couldn't bring it back to the trunk. Well, there you go, folks. The top five episodes of season one. I want to sincerely thank all of our speakers and also all of our listeners for tuning in week after week and supporting the pipeline all things CD and DevOps podcast by the CD Foundation. We wrapped the year with 25 episodes. This is our 25th. And with over 6,000 downloads, which is amazing. It's a big milestone for us to reach, especially because this is a brand new program that launched in April. I also want to invite you to tune in to our Twitch live stream code and talk session, which is hosted by two of our CDF ambassadors, Adam and JJ. We also have a webcast program in the works. We published 12 episodes this year. If you missed it, check out our YouTube playlist on the CDF channel. Again, happy holidays. I understand 2020 was a very rough year for everyone. And I hope and I aspire that 2021 will be greater. All my best wishes to everyone. And again, thank you for listening and supporting the CDF podcast.